0: What's going on, everybody? Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net, and welcome to this episode of The Breaking Point. We are going to preview the 2023 U.S. Open semifinal between Daniil Medvedev and Carlos Alcarez. To find out who I think is going to win this match, stay tuned. It's coming up next. All right, guys. So let's take a look at why both players got here to begin with. Carlos Alcaraz, world number one, coming off his win at Wimbledon, right? Beating Djokovic in the five-set final there. Very close match, very, very well played, and great displays of athleticism from both players. And then had an epic battle between the two of them. In the Cincinnati Master Series final, that match was almost four hours long for just three sets. It was super competitive, right? These guys are really battling. Alcaraz's record this year is 56 and six. He's coming in red hot. And if we look at Medvedev, right, world number three currently, 49 and 11 on the year, little weaker on clay surfaces, but an absolutely tough opponent on anything that's a hard court, right? So Daniil's been playing very well. Let's take a closer look at how both guys got to the semi-final. If we look at the first round match for Alcaraz, right? Dominic Kepfer in the first round wins that handily 6-2, and then we're at 3-2 up a break in the second, and Kepfer has to retire. Going into round two, Alcaraz versus Lloyd Harris. This is the first time Alcaraz had even a slight challenge, right? Blows out Harris the first two sets, 6-3, 6-1, and then wins the third set in a closer tiebreaker 7-6 going into the third round Alcaraz gets challenged a little bit more the crafty veteran Dan Evans from Great Britain right with the one-handed backhand and a lot of slice has a lot of variety and a pretty big forehand and Evans moves very well this was a little bit more Competitive at four sets with Alcaraz winning 6 3 in the fourth set. And then Alcaraz took out the young upstart, right? Matteo Arnoldi from Italy. That was pretty straightforward 6 3, 6 3, 6 4. And then finally, Alcaraz just took out Alexander Zverev in the quarterfinals. And he did this pretty routine. A lot of really good competitive points. But again, straight sets for Alcaraz over Zverev has a very good matchup with Zverev. And again, we don't want to look at results from two or three years ago before. Alcaraz was who he is now. We want to look at the most recent matchup, and Alcaraz did blow him out in Madrid just a few months back. So again, Alcaraz takes out Zverev here pretty comfortably in straight sets and is now in the semifinals against Medvedev. But how did Medvedev get there? Medvedev had a very easy first round beating Attila Balazs, right? In the first round, 1-1-0. That was a non-competitive match. Very quick, very painless for Medvedev. Then he moves on in the second round over Christopher O'Connell. That one, he dropped a set. O'Connell had a nice win in the first round versus Max Purcell. And then Medvedev plays him and beats him in four sets, O'Connell grabbing one set. Now we go on to the third round, right? We get Medvedev versus Sebastian Baez, who won Winston-Salem coming into this event, but comes up short against Daniil. This was pretty routine, two, two, and six. The only competitive set truly was that third set. We go into the fourth round, right? Alex Dimenauer has been very good this summer. He grabbed one set against Daniil. It was the first set, pretty convincingly, six, two, but Hour had said, hey, I kind of lost my legs in that match against Medvedev, right? The rallies were so long and so competitive. He literally took my legs away from me, which is saying something because Demon is in tremendous shape. But Daniil grabs that match in four sets and then moves on to play Rublev in absolutely brutal heat in the quarterfinals. And people wonder, what is brutal heat? Well, we're talking New York City, 94 degrees, I believe the air temperature was. Who knows what the heat index was, but that is very, very hot. And I think the humidity levels also were pretty high, but he took Rublev in this match four, three, and four. It was fairly competitive considering the conditions, right? And these guys had a lot of points that were actually over nine shots long in this match. So it was absolutely brutal conditions to play in. If you've ever played in heat that was 90 plus degrees with relatively high humidity, if you played in Florida in the summer, for instance, or the late spring or early fall, you know what that heat feels like. And similar conditions to what these guys experience a little bit in New York City, Florida, probably a little bit hotter than that in terms of humidity. But it is absolutely brutal if you're not used to the conditions. And a lot of pros, even the foreign pros, will train and do some time in Florida to get accustomed to that type of heat that gets them ready for US Open Hardcore Series events. All summer long. All right, so now let's get into their career head to head, right? And what's going to kind of shape this entire battle besides playstyles? styles. Alcarez leads this two to one. The last win for Medvedev was back in 2021 when Alcarez was just 18 years old, I believe at the time. And Medvedev beat him on grass at Wimbledon. Now fast forward two years. Alcaraz has definitely shifted the tide quite a bit and now really owns Medvedev in the head to head. The last two matches were very convincing in Alcaraz's favor, right? Really kind of thumping him at Wimbledon just about a month and a half ago. And the reason for that is just the stylistic matchup. We've talked about stylistic matchups and how one player might be a little bit better than another, potentially overall on the tour, but matchups are key. Now, I'm not saying Alcaraz is the weaker player than Medvedev on the tour, but an example of this would be Elena. Ostapenko's career head-to-head of 4-0 to zero over Iga Sviatek. She just beat her in the U.S. Open and caused another upset, but is it really an upset? When that player has a style of play that matches up well against you, and that's what Ostapenko has against Sviatek. She plays very aggressive, is able to jump on top of Sviatek early on in the point points and really not give Sviatek the chance to breathe. She just matches up favorably with her and likes the way that she plays against her, so she doesn't view it as much of a threat where other players will really struggle against Sviatek. The same is true of Alcaraz. It's for different reasons. It's not for a pure power type of thing. It has to do with Daniil's positioning really in the beginning of the points. Daniil likes to stand really far back behind the baseline in what I like to call a zone 5 position, which is back close to the wall to return serves. Alcaraz has a very well-rounded game. He volleys really well. He hits excellent drop shots. He takes time away from opponents well, and he hits very heavy and creates angles off short balls and does basically anything he wants with short balls. Now with Medvedev, way far back in the court, right, in that zone five position far back by the wall, it opens up all of these opportunities and makes it easier for Alcaraz to execute each one of these shot types if he wants to or if the situation prevents itself. On top of that, besides that factor of Alcaraz being able to do a little bit of everything so well, Medvedev hits a very flat ball, and Alcaraz is not the tallest player on tour. He's around six feet tall. Medvedev's ball doesn't really do anything as far as getting up on Alcaraz and taking advantage of Alcaraz not being the tallest player on tour. So Alcaraz gets a lot of balls in his strike zone, which for most players is basically between knee height and shoulder height, with the vast majority of those basically being from your waist up to your shoulder. Alcaraz is seeing ball after ball after ball in the strike zone, and he's able to really tee off with power with those shots or he's able to drop them short and use a lot of touch, or also throw in serve and volley, and really take it to Daniil and play a lot of balls in the front part of the court in zone one, and basically drop it in front of Daniil and say, I know you can't get to these balls, Or even if you get to them, you're not going to do anything tremendously well with them. So I'm going to exploit this part of the court because you're standing so far back behind the baseline. Now, Daniil's other option, right, is to move forward and try to take a more aggressive position closer to the baseline and take away a lot of the shorter balls. The issue Daniil then has is Daniil doesn't have as much time to react to Carlos's big serve. He's got a very big serve for a guy that's six foot tall. And then Daniil will end up hitting a lot of returns that are shorter in the court. And because he doesn't play with a lot of topspin, all these balls are landing in Carlos' strike zone. And then Carlos, right, is able to kind of step up and really dictate and paste forehands and backhands and really put Daniil under a ton of pressure. This is just sort of, Daniil's worst matchup. Somebody that can serve in volley, somebody that has incredible touch and drop shots, and then somebody too that has incredible topspin and hits super heavy and could do damage to Daniil's otherwise almost, you know, Great Wall of China impenetrable backhand that nobody else can really seem to hit through. So Alcaraz too, just if they get in a neutral rally from the back of the court, he has this titanic heavy topspin forehand that he can take to Daniil's backhand, and when he takes it to Daniil's backhand, he's able to do a significant amount of damage. Djokovic can't even really do that with Daniil. He'll get in the back of the court with Daniil on a hard court, and he has a really tough time hitting through Daniil. So Alcaraz is able to do that from the back of the court, really hit through Daniil's backhand and do damage there, draw short balls, and open up the court. It's something not a lot of people can do, right? Daniel's 49 and 11 on the year. He has an incredible backhand, but he doesn't play heavy. He plays far back in the court and all of these factors play right into Carlos Alcarez's hands. So I've got Alcarez in this matchup, minus some type of serving performance from Daniil that's really solid and really incredible. I'm taking Alcarez here in three fairly comfortable sets, at least one break probably per set. And if Daniil serves extremely well, he might be able to steal a set and a break or maybe come up with one break in a set. I've got Alcaraz here hitting very heavy and doing damage to Daniil, from the back of the court regardless of what Medvedev does because Medvedev just simply doesn't play with enough topspin and a heavy ball to do anything really significantly to Alcaraz, So minus Daniil coming up with a heck of a serving performance, I see this as a three straight sets match, possibly a four set if Medvedev was to serve incredibly well. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this episode of The Breaking Point, right? Carlos Alcarez versus Daniil Medvedev, a preview and analysis and my pick of who I thought was gonna win the match. If you found this video helpful or you feel like you learned something today, make sure you smash it like and subscribe button. It helps this channel continue to grow. Also, if you wanna see more episodes of The Breaking Point. Leave your comments below. Come up with your own ideas of topics to talk about and I will happily go through those things. I'll see everybody next time. I'm Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net. Enjoy the rest of the U.S. Open.